Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Naked Professors podcast. We are here to dispel the myths of mental health and dig a little bit deeper into our conversations with people who hopefully will inspire you. Yeah, well said. I, I love what we're doing so far. It's going all right, I think. People, so far? So far, so good. We're so worried about it. But like, you know, just having these conversations is a special, special treat for us. I feel like we're possibly a part of something very special here. It does feel that way. When we're yeah. having them, I'm literally feeling, I'm like, oh, can we, I don't want to, how long can we make this happen? I want to keep going with yeah, this. Yeah, totally. And, and I have to say, today's guest, Ben, you delivered with this person because I'm aware that you were uh, friends with this guy. Uh, beforehand and uh, through this this conversation that we had I feel enriched by it he was a wonderful person do you want to introduce your your friend yeah just say a quick word on Craig I mean he's he's been an amazing man in my life I've been on his retreats um, just men's retreats which are really powerful in themselves Uh, I've looked up to him kind of as a mentor he's taught me a huge amount and so to actually have him in the studio and for us to have a conversation and and be able to share that with everyone um, he's got a fascinating past and the intro speech that he gave at the beginning about his life and where he's come from uh, is truly fascinating very unique and something that inspired me I hope that comes through today um i hope you enjoy it today we had craig white sometimes we have a, a kind of a mentor figure in, in our in our in our heads maybe they don't really know it um who we look up to and we aspire to and we want to learn from and and craig white who's sitting next to me uh, our guest today um entered my life about a year year and a half ago and uh he's played a massive role in showing me what it is to be a man uh i've been on his retreat which is a men's retreat which he's going to touch on today but First and foremost, the big introduction, Craig White. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. This is, as I say, a special moment for me. So, well, thank you. Thanks for making me cry, Ben. Before I even speak, <laughs> it's, uh, it's real privilege to be here with you and Matt. Um, uh, it means a lot. Um, I'm so um, I'm blessed to be here because I know how much you are passionate about men in general and what it means to be a man and men's mental health and the issues we've, we're facing with male suicide and depression and to be around two men like you is uh, is a, a breath of fresh air for me really because I love talking about this and especially when I'm on retreat giving my retreats and also when I'm working with um, some of the sportsmen I work with I'm open and I love talking about this type of thing and sharing this type of thing but it's not always easy to do on the street you know in real life uh, many men are walking around in fear and 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 wearing masks and it's wonderful to be sat here with with you two and, and be really open with you about uh, this topic. 
And that is exactly why you're here, Craig. Exactly, exactly yeah. We, we, we want to discuss everything. There's so many things just reading about you and knowing what I do through Ben about you. There's so many things I can talk to you about. Um, and for our listeners, first and foremost, it would be great for them to know um, about you and about your past. Mm. Um, if you can, in a brief way, of <laughs> course. We, you know, um, t- Tell us about what your story. Yeah, so my story is I was raised to be a sportsman. And, um, you know, from the time I came out of my mum's womb, I, I was introduced to a sport on TV and um, my father and my mother were very much into sport and I played rugby league at a high level in terms of um, the amateur game. I uh, represented my country as an amateur rugby league player. And um, then um, then I ended up moving into the world of um, rugby union as a, as a strength and conditioning coach. And um, I worked full-time in, in rugby union as a... A strength and conditioning coach, or slash a high a high performance coach, which they're called these days, for about um, fourteen years, and it was a wonderful time. And I wanted to be the best, and I had a high value on winning, and winning meant lifting trophies, which I helped teams to do. And winning meant being can we, can we just say which teams? Others. Sorry, because yeah. there are some big teams. Here. Yeah, I'll come to that. I'll come <laughs> to that. And winning meant external gratification. And I worked with teams such as um, Ireland uh, national team. I started working with the Ireland national team at the start of professionalism, which was an interesting time to get that off the ground. You can imagine some of the guys in Ireland at the time had been amateurs and had amateur habits. So it was interesting to change those habits and start the professional era in Ireland and then I worked for Bolton Wanderers in the English Premiership with Sam Allardyce and his team which was a lovely experience although uh, I went back to rugby because I'm a rugby man and then I worked for London Wasps in the more successful three and a half year period of of the history and uh, we won everything in, in the domestic game and became became known as the trendsetters of professional rugby union and high performance and um then I went on a British Lions tour um, to New Zealand as a strength and conditioning coach. And then I worked with uh, Leicester Tigers. And then I worked with Wales. And then I went on another British Lions tour. After about 14 years, um, I was working as the physical performance manager of the Welsh Rugby Union. On a good salary and a nice house and a um, nice job and not too stressful my wife at the time said to me would you come on a yoga retreat with me and I didn't want to go on a yoga retreat I had no interest in yoga but she was desperate she wanted me to go she said I'd enjoy it so we went off to Thailand for a month to a very intense yoga retreat there's yoga in the morning yoga in the afternoon there was meditation it was very spiritual in the sense of what I thought spirituality was there was lectures in the evening and it blew me away. I was fascinated with this. I was fascinated by what yoga did for me and how it made me feel. And I was fascinated by the science of of the yoga system. Um, when I came back after that month, in a very in that space of time, my identity had shifted a lot. I wasn't this kind of high-performance rugby guy anymore. I was more than that. I'd felt myself on a deeper level. I'd felt some of the masks I'd been wearing. I'd felt what was on the inside. Some of it was joyful and 
blissful and some of it was like whoa realizing that i'd not always been the person i thought i'd been in the past so it was difficult to be back in that environment and i looked around at the people i was working with at my role at what my role meant and it didn't have any meaning anymore at all and um, i knew i had to get out but i didn't understand why and i didn't understand why i wasn't enjoying it anymore and the only person that knew about that struggle was my wife because i'd go home at the um at the weekend um and I'd, and I'd cry you know and she'd she'd wonder why i was crying and i had no idea why i was crying but what was happening there was an identity shift occurring and um whenever our values shift which is really a natural part of human evolution there's a little bit of unrest until we move into a clear set of values and on again with our life and for me it, i guess it was a, some kind of midlife crisis but what it did was it turned me inwards and despite the fear and the anxiety and the um the indecision around losing a job that paid me a lot of money when i actually had the courage to leave that job and in the end it it, it was a decision that was just driven by my heart i had to do it i remember speaking to warren gatland and telling him i was leaving it was just in the end it just it just came out it it sent me on a on a 10 year journey of self discovery which was absolutely incredible really i had to know who i was on a deeper level i had to know what was really important to me um i wanted to live a life according to what i valued and what i thought was important for me not i didn't want to live a life anymore that mom dad society and and my cultural upbringing had given to me i wanted something better than that i wanted more meaning than that so i went on a journey of self discovery and that included um intense yoga retreats it included two yoga teacher training courses i wanted to experience what it was to te- was like to teach yoga um i did numerous meditation retreats in complete silence with the aim of just really learning to observe the thoughts and to cultivate um non-reactivity which has been has been really helpful in my life i also um meditated in complete darkness for 10 days to try and be with myself alone and be okay with that and um i spent lots of time in yoga communities and i so therapist i studied nlp i became an nlp master practitioner i studied life coaching through the study of life coaching i wanted to know who i was on a deeper level but also share that with others and um and there was it was a a beautiful journey it was also a tough journey as you can imagine there were lots of thresholds and things were changing a lot because i was doing so many of these experiences so a lot of the time it was like well what am i supposed to be doing and who am i who am i um and i was searching for something there was a search you know i don't know what it was but there was a real real search because i knew that i was more than this skin and this bones and this mind of thoughts um so there was a deep 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 search and um i i continued to work in rugby in that period um I was working as a consultant for World Rugby which was great because it it paid well and it was kind of in and out so I was able to fund myself but continue to do all these amazing retreats and have these amazing experiences and and you know 
meditation, yoga, fasting, and even psychedelics. I even I even tried uh, psychedelics and um, ayahuasca retreats with the intention of just knowing who I was on a deeper level. And now I'm I'm in a a, a place where I feel I know who I am on a deeper level. I feel I know what is really important to me. I've managed to distinguish what is important to me versus what is important to people around me because it can be different. So once I know that, I really know who I am on a deeper level and I can um, I can move into a life of, of, of meaning, which is a life of fulfillment based on um, living my purpose according to my values and no one else's values. And I also have a really healthy relationship now with, with rugby again, which is so wonderful for me. I've come full circle. We often hear this metaphor of the the, um, the hero's journey where he kind of goes away and he he learns about himself and he comes back into the same type of environment and he brings gifts with him. And I feel that I'm doing that at the moment. Not only am I facilitating the men's retreats and I work as a men's life coach, but I'm also um, working again for World Rugby and supporting uh, Uruguay in the build-up to next year's Rugby World Cup. And I have um, um, a lot of one-on-one clients who are professional coaches who, are, who I mentor. Um, so I, I'm, in a, I'm lucky now to be in a place where I feel aligned with what is important to me. Wow! <laughs> Should we clap? Should I, I want to clap! <laughs> oh my God. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, that's enough. Uh, no, that is incredible. That's blown my mind. That's blown my mind. You're you're open. How open you were and how honest you are, and your story, Ben. What have you got to say about that? I mean, I've, I've I know Craig, so I, I you know I, he's an inspiration to me. Um, and you know he, he's he's a massive inspiration to me because so many of the sort of spiritual stories that we have, so many of the spiritual awakenings that we that people have, come from from trauma, come from a, yeah. you know something going wrong. Craig was at the top of his game. He was smashing the rugby career yeah and yet he was brave enough to to still look at that and say hey to the outward person i'm at the top of the tree here but i don't feel right um i don't feel this isn't satisfying me to the deep level that i want to be satisfied and yoga was his trigger to show him showed, that. showed you and, a different way of living and, and looking in inward um did you i want to ask you did you ever feel depressed when you were a rugby coach or did you were you aware of any sort of ill mental health when you were um in your rugby career well i think when i came back from that uh yoga initial that initial yoga retreat um maybe some if i'd have gone to a doctor he would have said i'm depressed okay um i re- i kind of refused to label it really but um yeah there's been times where i've i've, I've felt depressed in terms of the usual um, interpretation of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 But what, were you aware of it at the time or were you more aware of it in hindsight after you went on that retreat? Yeah, good question. I, I, in, in hindsight, really. Yeah. Looking back, I'm, I'm aware of um, periods of depression. But when I look back, there are also doorways. You know, there's also gold in that. There's also a gift in that. Mm. If, if the support around now, unfortunately... A lot of men are depressed and they have this belief that there isn't support around. And some of that is correct because, you know, we, many men are raised with, with a disjointed family and um, the fathers weren't role models. The grandfathers maybe weren't around and the role models of masculinity that 
we see today uh, are sports people or video game superstars or actors on TV and it's it's a shame because there aren't a lot of maps anymore for men to follow to move into masculinity like they used to be in tribal times and in pre yeah. in pre agricultural revolution times so do you think there's a there's a fundamental problem with what what where a man is in the world and um maybe men suffer from a lack of purpose at the moment for sure yeah i mean that is the issue really that a lack of purpose and along with that a lack of information and support on how to move into purpose that so that's why i work with men the way with I work with men much of my work is actually um, helping them to remove blocks helping them to dream about what the purpose is to unlock their gifts and to create some kind of vision and then create some action steps to move towards that vision um, so I provide men with with a road map and the retreat that I facilitate is a map because we, we use a map of um, the four archetypes which is uh, the lover magician the warrior and the king and the lovers about connection and feelings and beauty and sensuality and saying yes to life and and the warriors about you know getting shit done and saying no and following um a purpose and um being okay with anger and being friends with anger and seeing the gift in that instead of being um afraid of anger and the magicians about really going inside and being okay to look inside and ask questions and and to see the importance of um, of, of fear in our life and stepping through that and the king's about uh, order and, and purpose and, and meaning and alignment so that's one map that is useful for many in retreats and there are a number of other maps that we've lost really in today's world yeah because the goalposts um, have changed uh, what is success what is winning you, you said yourself you know you 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 said lifting trophies was success um, and in our real world, many men. Uh, can I ask, uh, what age group are your your guys on your retreat? It's a, they differ. You know, we've had uh, guys on the retreat that are about. The youngest has been about twenty eight. The oldest has been sixty seven. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. That's Matt, incredible. Because yeah, because you've got sat in a circle, fifteen men, and they're all different age gr- 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 um, ranges, and they wouldn't sit together in the pub. They wouldn't meet each other on the street. Mm. So there's there's a lot of learning to be had in the retreat from each other what is the general consensus there in that group over the last few years what is success what what is the answer they come up with at the end of the retreat i can give you my interpretation and then tell you tell you tell the general consensus of the men well initially success for me was 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 winning and and success and winning maybe the same type of word and it was about it was about winning competitions it was about lifting trophies it was about medals it was about um pats on the back external gratification um external gratification that made me believe i was good enough and now after the journey i've been on success um or fulfillment or happiness which to me not to everybody is relatively same type of thing so success to me is very much related to an internal feeling and i use the word internal an internal feeling of fulfillment that is just based on um living a life that is aligned with what's important to me and when i'm off track 
it, let's say I'm surrounded with people with hugely different values and they're telling me to do things and they're recommending things and I sometimes may go off and gravitate towards that, I can feel off track and I can feel anxious and it's really a sign to come back and to check in, well, what's actually important to you and come back into living that life according to my highest values. So in relation to what the men get who work with me in various forms related to success is the work I do helps men to shift closer to a definition of success that is driven from the inside out. It's driven from an internal feeling, an internal anchor of, okay, I'm aligned. Yeah. I think, interestingly, Ben, we've talked about this a lot. This seems to be something that we bond over a lot. It's um, the fear uh, of, of, a, of a human, not just man, a man, um, getting to a level of perceived success in their minds. See, if, the, if that's the job, the car, the wife, the kids, and that's what they've been led to believe is successful, and then them feeling completely unfulfilled by that. And I think that happens a lot these days. We get told that you should have these cars and you should have this life, but when you do chase after these things and you forget about the journey and the, the process and you just chase, 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 you get there and you're not happy. This is a big problem, isn't it? Completely. And, and I don't blame anyone who feels that way or who's going on that path because I think from the age of whatever it is, the, the early stage we start at school, we can start remembering the age of seven, uh, we're taught that you know we're taught that a successful way of living is work really hard, get your grades, go to university, or, or get your qualification that you need that allows you to get a good job. Then you'll earn enough money, you buy the house, you get the car and the, and the wife, and then you know perhaps you might still feel a little empty. So you go for the dog, or you think kids will fix it, and you go through all this. And I think this is a big reason why so many people struggle mid thirties, mid forties because they've done it, they've ticked every box going that they've ever set out to do, and then they're like, is that it? I feel a bit empty and I've smashed everything I'm meant to do. And I think this is a whole thing, the massive thing. You know, I've, I've been on Craig's retreat, so I, I've, I've experienced all this. Um, and it was a big part of my journey, uh, ding, ding. And, and <laughs> We've got, We have a journey counter. <laughs> journey bingo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. But, but it, it, yeah, it was a massive part because um, I remember when I first started working with a coach a long time ago, and she told me, Ben buying things or buying that stuff that you're talking about now won't make you happy and I remember laughing in her face thinking I know you're wrong I know when I buy that I feel happy I know it yeah and I just didn't understand the whole well actually yeah it makes me happy for a very short period of time but then when it's when it's soon worn off tomorrow or whatever or the week after it's empty again and you can't keep relying on just topping up these things actually all of this is about fulfilling yourself Connecting, and knowing what you want, knowing what you yeah. first and foremost, knowing what you want, because you can't you can't fulfil yourself. If you don't know what it is mm. you want. So connecting internally to actually establishing what your true values are, what really matters to you in life, not the things that you've been told at a young age. What really matters to you, and then living in line with that, with that stuff. And it starts at a really basic level with things like honesty. You know, mm. being honest. Your soul, I believe doesn't react well when you're lying to people. You don't feel proud of who you are when you're going around lying or doing dishonest things. So at a basic level, things like that, 
Um, call it integrity, I guess. And, and knowing who you are as a, as a, as a, a human being. We're, we're all going through it at a later age, let's say. So having an opportunity when you were a kid to actually know what you like. Because we do it naturally. We know exactly who we are and what we, what we want from life when we're kids. And then we get taught by society and the influences surrounding us. Our mm. faux role models, um, you mm -hmm. know, from movies and sports stars. You know, all these things influence our minds. And then we go in a direction that we don't necessarily exactly what you were saying it pushes against everything you're lying to yourself mm -hmm. subconsciously or consciously mm. um what what's your technique uh, to try and um find out what a human being wants from life craig <laughs> not you ben i'm not going to ask you that yet <laughs> no, i'm just like good luck craig hello you know it's a big question it's it? a big question it is and, I, and but also I, i'm going to answer it based on what was actually just in my mind a minute ago and um so I mean, this word depression um, or unrest or you know high anxiety or confusion, fear, whatever it is, it's really a it's really a calling for deep rest. Depression. It's a calling for deep rest. It's a calling for a man to step away and to just breathe and to feel into. Well, what is important for me, not my mum, my dad, my girlfriend, my dog, my grandparents, society, my mates, the people at work, like what is what is really important for me? And um and nature is a big one. Mm. Spending time alone is 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 actually a deep calling that we tend to experience as men more than women. Because women tend to um, identify a little bit more with, with the feminine energy, it's a very it's a generalization, but there tends to be with women a search for fullness, a search for connection, a search for love, a search for for, for this kind of integrated, connected feeling of oh I'm here, everything's okay now. Because most men gravitate more towards the the masculine end of the equation, if you will, that is more of a stepping away a more of a stillness and quietness and feeling what comes up and inquiring you know what is it i want and so nature is important meditation is important yoga is important and um just asking the right questions to men is important and the right questions will actually really guide them into what the gifts are um and connection is important for men as well, of course, and being around people and having friends, it's incredibly important. But this time in a man's life when he feels depressed, he feels unsure, it's often a calling to step away. And by coming on a, a, on a retreat or doing some kind of meditation retreat or connecting with nature, doing something in nature, um, does it, it provides a real opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's self-care. Yes, yeah. self self care is a very important thing. Uh, we 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 always talk about this as well, Ben. And and I, I can use only um, people that I know as examples. You know, there's there's things like me and my father love to go mountain walking and get fresh air, turn the phones off, be with the dog Louis, the family dog Louis, and it's the most important thing. And it's no rocket science. It's quite a simple thing. Taking some time out. Being with the elements, being with yourself and 
communicating but you know sometimes not talking just being comfortable and still with somebody else it's a basic fundamental mm. thing that i think men used to do a lot of walking to work or, or like in my where i come from it was the mining industry you know my grandfather did it his, his father did it his father did it and they would be working all day and they would communicate all day and they would have their uh, endorphins uh, flying through their minds and that was enough that was their purpose and that's kind of been taken away in modern day society you know, we talk about men in their mid-30s and 40s getting to a point of success. You know, there's also men out there that haven't had any success ever or haven't had a purpose. Hasn't had, They mm. haven't felt as if they've belonged anywhere. Mm. But what, um, I, and I really resonate with what you were saying then, stillness and calm is what, because ego is a huge issue with men. And I think to get away from that issue, um, I personally believe, because I've been on a 10-year, on my ninth year, actually, of... Um, awakening of, of passing through life and asking questions and finding out who I am and it's usually lots of the answers I already knew when I was three but I've been pushed I've pushed all that aside yeah. and I've let myself get swept away with life um, and it really really hit a nerve with me the just calm and still breathe all this stuff is free this is why this is why it's not taught everywhere because we can't monetize breathing, you know. We can monetize protein shakes and steroids, can't we? Well, some Unless people are monetizing breathing now. <laughs> I yeah. can imagine they are, but you know, <laughs> uh, having it in a controlled environment yeah. and all all the, all these things are important. And having some way where you feel like you belong somewhere, mm. which mm. is what you do, mm. is super duper important. The other reason why it, it, it's harder for men to find a purpose is because um, we can't conceive. You know, we can't have children. Mm. You know, it's such an important act is, is such an important purpose that many women in life have this purpose as soon as they have a child yeah now because we 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 can't do that it's um it's more of an investigative journey yeah and a, a, a continual journey yeah yeah um i read somewhere i can't remember the actual terminology of it but it was um a, a, a brain action and cognitive dissonance uh, do you know about this? Mm -hmm. It's when your brain pushes against yeah. whatever new way of thinking that you're thinking. Yeah. Many people do this. I know my father, Gary, you're listening right now, is <laughs> 62, right? He has changed. Is he used to be a policeman. His father was a miner. He comes from a small town. And, and the, everything that comes with that, he had his entire life. At 62, he's completely changed. And that's difficult to deal with, the change. Mm. Uh, and you've been through that. Yeah. We've all been through mm. that. It's not easy, it's not this easy. change, is it? Not at all. What is it? Tony Robbins says that the, 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 the change only happens when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change. Because uh -huh. it's hard. Our brain doesn't want us to change. It doesn't know. Our brain wants to keep us safe. And if we're going to change, it's like, well, I don't know what's going to happen to you if you change. I don't want you to do that. Fills us with thoughts of saying, just stay here. It's safe here. Mm. I know you know what you're going to get. It might be might be shit, but yeah. at least I know what I'm getting. So you can yeah. stay right there. It's 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 it. It's one of those strange things. There's so many better things out there for us, but we just don't go there because we don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. how we're set up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to kind of stay mm. and stay in that situation. Comfort and it's easily said than done because you know if you've got a wife and kids and everything, and you're not happy, it's difficult to leave all of that. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're telling anybody out there to leave, and to, 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 that could, might not be the reason why no, you're no, feeling the way you are. No. Um, but knowing yourself is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And, and we, 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 we would encourage people to try and find that out at any given opportunity. On the whole um, values thing, I've got a question around, because it's great to have you here, and, and 
There was big news recently when Johnny Wilkinson, who was, uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, was a huge star in the England World Cup winning team in 2003, and came out and talked about depression. And he talked about the day after he'd won the World Cup uh, and he felt empty and he felt, is this it? And this is really in line with everything you're saying, Craig, in terms of going after this, you called it earlier, bits of metal, mm. you know, um, these medals. Um, but actually, does that fulfill you? You know, do these things, how, at a deep level, is what, what's that doing for you? Um, so he's a really interesting example. Reached the absolute pinnacle. England never won the World Cup before. He was the hero. He sunk the winning drop goal, player of the tournament, national hero. Done everything. He could never mm. have achieved anything more in his wildest dreams the day after he'd just done all that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did he say the day after he felt empty? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It's really interesting and... Um there's um there's a definite answer to that. So um Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Values they fill a void so he definitely had a high value on being a successful rugby player and winning a world cup with england that may have come from a void of, of in childhood where he didn't feel good enough but there was some kind of void that he wanted to fill as soon as we perceive that we filled a void it drops away and another value takes its place so he's won a world cup his brain has gone, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's dropped off, and then it would have been difficult for him after that because there would have been a value shift. Something else took the, the highest value in his life, which has now become really super important to him, and it may have taken him a while to find out what that is, to regain an understanding of, okay, what is driving me now? And um, and that requires work, and that definitely requires coaching, mentoring, um, you know, all these different types of practices, therapy, yoga, meditation, nature. It definitely requires a little bit of work. I want to say something else on, on values, because I think it's really important mm. to... Because knowing what your values are, are an important piece of self-understanding and self-awareness. And they can... That understanding can really bring you into your own power so for example at the moment in my life i feel quite aligned i don't always feel like this way sometimes life's tough but at the moment i feel very aligned because the way i'm living my life 
is matched up with what is important to me. So in terms of what is important to me, I know this because of the work I've done on myself at the moment, which could change, but at the moment, uh, building my coaching practice and coaching people is number one. Number two is continuing to learn and research personal development around human behavior. Number three is health and wellness. Number four is travel. So at the moment, I'm feeling happy and aligned because I'm spending my time building my business, taking on more clients, working with clients. I don't feel guilty buying books on Amazon because I absolutely adore learning. There's no guilt. I, I learn. I'm learning all the time. I'm doing courses myself. I'm, I, I, I work with a coach myself. All this is, is learning. I go to the gym more than I, I, I did previously. I'm cycling. I'm exploring movement. And I've got some travel coming up in South America. So I'm happy. Now, if I spend an evening on a table sat with people who used to know me four or five years ago and they're saying things like, Craig, when are you going to settle down and, and get married? Maybe you should meet this girl or meet that girl. Or maybe you should buy that house at the top of the hill, the one that you, you used to like. Or maybe you should buy that fast car. If I kind of gravitate towards that, oh, maybe you're right. I'm off. I'm mm. out of value. I'm anxious. I'm a bit depressed. I can't sleep. I'm pissed off. But as soon as I come back, no, Craig, and I've actually got it on my door, so when I open the door now, my top four values are looking at me, and I look at it before I go out the door. That's what's important to you now. In 12 months, something might fall away, and you might be pining for a relationship to fill that void, and that becomes an important value. But for now, I'm fine. I don't need anybody else to inject their, their values into me because I know what they are, and so, so I feel fulfilled. And for you, Ben, they could be a bit different. Mm. And for you, Matt, they could be a bit different. Yeah. We can still have a friendship, but as long as we know what's important to us and we spend our time, energy, money on those high-priority activities, we're likely to be fulfilled. I think that the wow. interesting thing on that is that most people wouldn't have a clue what they're for are. You know? and so yeah, how I'm, are they, I'm how doing are they? exactly the same right now. Yeah, yeah. Scared. yeah. Wouldn't. And so then what, what, if you don't know, what do you do? You follow the norm. There's a, you few, do what's there's a few simple questions, Ben. You know, what yeah. do you... What do you what do you spend most of your time doing that energizes you? That nobody has to kick you out of bed to do, you just do it. If you look at your bank account, what do you spend your money on? You know, and, and what do you spend your time? So so energy, time and money are three key ones that will tell you what your high values are. Oh God, this is giving me sweaty palms. <laughs> no, it really is, because it goes back to that question, isn't it, Ben? What do you want? Yeah. What, what's important to you and then when you ask that question and you really listen to the question and you really think about the answer it's scary my palms are yeah. actually sweaty because i do the same I, I fall into what i think i want and and knowing what i actually want and that's what makes me challenge. really happy yeah and i've and i've pushed against that at times and definitely and that's why mm. i've ended up in a hell of a pickle at times yeah because of that because of that reason this is quite an important piece here guys yeah you know, for men out there um i mean i've thought of a couple of more questions to help men out there you know what do you spend your money on can what? i just on that yeah. sorry to interrupt because yeah. a lot of guys will be looking at their bank balance going most of it's in nightclubs yeah is that my value well they may have a high value on entertainment and if they want to change they need to know that initially. They need to have the realisation, oh, fuck. Maybe going to nightclubs is important to me. 
I want to shift that. I don't want to do that. That is the first so level. So you can change your values. Of, of course. This, it's not of like course. that is what I like doing values full stop. Ch values change with an, usually with an, a significant experience of pleasure or pain. You know, we, our values will shift. Or it could be that we um, come across a book and we read a book and that, re that new education moves our values. But knowing what you spend your money on, knowing what energizes you, how you spend your time, what you visualize and what you talk about will give you a sense of what your values are. If I sit with six politicians and they're talking about politics, I become an introvert. Not because I'm an introvert, because I, you don't it's share not the on same my values. values. If I sit with six life coaches, I become an extrovert. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, wow. If you are listening, write down five values, things that you find important to yourself. Is yeah. the, would that be a, a good exercise? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the exercise would be, you know, what is important to you? Yeah. Or what do you believe is important to you? What do you find that you spend your money on? Um, what do you like to talk about? Um, what do you find yourself visualizing a lot when, in your imagination? And um, what energizes you? What do you find yourself spending the most of your time doing and have a look at those different areas of your life and you might find that some of them you like oh actually i'm glad i like that i'm glad i like that and if there's one or two that you don't like and you want to change that's the that's the start of the process of change realizing that actually the reason you can't stop doing x habit is because you actually value it so if you want to shift it we have to really educate ourselves around that Fascinating. Mm. Absolutely fascinating. So going back to the Johnny Wilkinson thing, mm. he, his, his value was completed. There's a massive void, empty feeling. As a coach, would you have looked at, tried to work with him before and say, make sure there's something else going on in your life because this is going to end pretty soon and we don't want this empty feeling? That would have been very smart, Ben, yeah. Right. That would have been really smart. Now, if, if a modern-day coach had that awareness, well... He's, he's, he's gold. He's a real role model to rugby players and sportsmen. Um, but yeah, definitely, that would have been good advice. Mm. I don't think they care. This is my opinion. Mm. Um, mm. I think um, modern day coaches in sport, uh, it's a massive, huge business and that you are a foot soldier in their their war at that time and I, and I and this is I you know what I, I'm a big fan of sport and I love sport and I and I adore it deeply um, but players get thrown out if they're done and they're retired they're out they're, I don't know what the aftercare is but it's, it's no mm. responsibility mm. Man, to Man United or, or to Leicester Tigers to look after players once they've gone they've gone yeah. Mm. yeah do you think there is a responsibility or there should be a responsibility it's Wow, this is such a huge topic and a really, really important one and, and also one that's close to my heart. Unfortunately, the way professional sport is going, it's, it's, it's difficult for the head coaches, actually, because they're under pressure from the money men. They really are under pressure. The, the sports are driven by, by money and sponsorship and, and business. And, um, and yet... The response in, in this day and age where we're moving into 5G and technology and laptops and phones and lack of connection, lack of role models, the platform of sport is an incredible platform to transform the lives of young men and women. So the responsibility of coach, the coaches, is absolutely 
huge and it's tough it's also tough because a lot of coaches out there um, may not have a high value on transforming young men and women's lives luckily for me in my experience um, working for half of my career with Warren Gatland and Sean Edwards I actually did work with coaches that care about human beings and care about people Mm. the first thing that Warren would say to a player and a team is you know your family comes first you know your life comes first you know rugby's a, a secondary to that and funnily enough that kind of feeling of safety when a coach says that to you could actually breed success and force you to actually train harder than 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 ever before but not every coach is like that and it's it has the coaches have the potential to transform lives they also have the potential to absolutely ruin lives especially if they're narcissistic and they inflict their own wounds onto the the players that they work with and especially now when you're recruiting players at very young ages obviously football have done this over the last 20 30 50 years they've recruited kids haven't they and they still do i've worked recently with the duke of edinburgh awards and man city and they they're taking on kids at the age of 12 mm. to you know 14 and they inc- they're incorporating outdoor orienteering as you know the duke of edinburgh gold silver bronze award is very outdoorsy and it's a huge responsibility that mm. comes with that and it's quite hard so they they actually put they're implementing that towards their youth project schemes which is an interesting thing and, and also a very positive yeah, thing yeah. i also worry that um the sports psychology which is a huge thing money has gone into that massively because they know a strong healthy mind and, and a winning mentality is brilliant for that player and for their therefore the team and therefore the board members etc um and my concern is that, is that it's not the right type of psychology because it's breeding a win-win-win mentality on the field it matters. It's not grooming people mm, for mm. Um, outside of the ring, outside of the sport, outside of the, the context of their, their game as mm. such. You, you, they, could, do you think that's something that could change or is it just too far gone? Well, can I add to that as well? Sure. Because I think actually this is really applicable to Craig because going back to actually why you moved on from rugby... You know, which we, was it that you know what you were wrapped up in this environment where it was win that was what your job was that's what you had to do and mm. was it ultimately that that didn't sit right for you and that you wanted to move on elaborating yeah. on what Matt said I get I guess it was a bit of the Johnny Wilkinson scenario where I wanted to be the the best in in the field and arguably when you get, when you go on a couple of Lions tours it's the kind of highest apart from the All Blacks, you'd say it was the kind of highest accolade in professional rugby union. And uh, I kind of, I'd filled that void. I felt good enough. And then um, where'd you go after that? So it's a bit of the same. Um, Now, I I know what your question means, Ben. If you'd have asked me this question two years ago, sorry, not two years, two years ago, two years after I'd left the Welsh job, if you'd asked me this question five years ago, I would have... um, pointed the finger at rugby and I would have said something like I'm not working in rugby it's egotistical it's all about winning you know what I mean I don't like what they're talking about however looking back at it now I had my own work to do you know they would rugby's rugby and people are people and and people are driven by whoever whoever pays the wages and um 
I was I made the mistake of inflicting my pain onto rugby and now I've made the shift myself on the inside it's funny there's a cliche saying you know the outside is a representation of the inside if there's pain on the inside there's pain on the outside and because I've eased some of my pain on the inside now when I'm reconnecting with my old colleagues from time to time I see a different face I see a more loving face I don't see this egotistical person that I may have judged before um, so I think the way society is driving professional sport is very egotistical but in terms of the characters and the coaches working you know working in sport they just I think they're doing the best they can with the resources they have and mm. um, but the key message there for me was um, which is a key message for every man out there is never blame the outside always take ownership do your work take responsibility take responsibility mm -hmm. is that a big message for you to huge message send yeah. Out there? yeah is take responsibility and find out what you want and who you are yeah it's uh, it's a very difficult thing to do it's a painful thing to do very yeah. painful yeah, yeah. And, and and as well there is a society of a blame culture as well for whatever reason that is whatever yeah. even if the, you're heavily um in favor of uh putting blame on somebody so if, if mines have closed down industries have been closed down yes it's not your mm -hmm. fault mm -hmm. but there is also a res responsibility you know to try and do something yeah. about that situation it's a very difficult one that for me it's a difficult to one to tell people to it's their responsibility to yeah to get that back on their feet but yeah that's hard to say out loud and I feel a bit weird saying it I'm gonna be honest you know this that's mm. where I come from and I don't want to point any fingers and it's mm. not their fault it's not people's fault no but it's um thing is that you, you've got the choice haven't you in life you play the victim and it's everyone else's fault or you, you you know you own it and you say well look, I'm the only one who's got control over this situation over myself I'm the only one who can take action and my, my theory my my idea when I was younger was it's not they're not gonna help me the people that powers that be that take things away they're not going to change my life and they're not going to give me anything i need to give this to myself mm. that was what i went through mm. when i was younger that's what my truth was was um maybe it was me kind of taking responsibility but it was like they're not they've just taken thousands of jobs away from everywhere and mm. there's nothing here you know it costs a fortune to go into the city center they want to keep us here they are taking police off the streets left right and center they don't give a damn about us and and in that my my rebellion against that was to be try and be successful as much as I possibly could in whatever world that was at that time. Mm -hmm. So that was in a way me taking responsibility, but mm. as well I bloody blame everybody else as well. <laughs> that was that was the situation. But responsibility is a huge word, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge word. You took responsibility there though, you know, and you used it as motivation. I think that's that's the difference. You yeah. know, as, as as a victim, you would have said, "Well, everything's against me. What am I meant to do? I can't do anything here. You know, it's all out of my hands." Instead, you fueled it as motivation. I interestingly, um, when I got to 2013, I kind of did it all the things that I eventually wanted to do. I wasn't too sure for a few years. Ended up working on uh, this morning. Did, uh, hosted the show a few times. And that was, hey, everybody on Facebook back home were loving that. That's <laughs> success. You know, you're on national television. Mm. Um, Did it feel like success? It felt like I completed something and I lost the love for it 
very much in a very slow slow version of Johnny Wilkes and it kind of just fell out of love with it simply because I had to compete and keep it there was people nipping at my heels for the jobs and things and all of a sudden when I got to that place it was a happy place and then all of a sudden you got to keep that thing mm. so my motivation before to get to that point was um uh, out of spite for to for wherever whoever told me I couldn't do it back home, who all the people along the way who said, "Oh, you're not. Don't, I'm not sure. Too sure if you're good at this presenting thing." I wanted to prove them wrong. So when you prove them wrong, and then you tick all the boxes, I felt myself going, "Well, I've got no motivation to stay here now," um, because as soon as people started to kind of elbow their way into my seat, I was like, "Have it! Mm. I've done what I've, I've got. What I've needed. My motivation was spite." Where mm. I know now, after years of self-exploration, your motivation should be love, mm. and that's a big thing for me. Massive. I I went through it the hard way mm. in that sense, mm. and I think a lot mm. of people do. Yeah. Mm. Actually, on this as well, I mean, it's it's linked in, but this whole concept of ambition has become sort of a bit of a bug for me in in recent times because. The way I'm seeing it increasingly, the way society is, ambition is key. We've got to be, all of us, we're taught from a young age, ambition, you know, next one, next win, you've got to win, win, do this, and it's all about that. Um, and to me, the way I'm seeing it now is it's almost the opposite of gratitude. You know, you, you hear it in sport now, you win a game, doesn't matter, next one, doesn't matter, next one, da 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 mm. Everything is constant, you do something, doesn't matter, it's next thing, I'm going to do that. And, you, you know, we've achieved some great things with this podcast already, but it's always, like, next, the next podcast, da-da-da. there's yeah. always constant ambition, ambition, where can we go, we want to be number one, da 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 And actually gratitude is the opposite in stopping and actually appreciating everything that you do have and yeah, what you have right. done. And sport is all about ambition, everything. And if you've probably got the attitude of gratitude in sport and go, oh, great, well, look, we only lost, we didn't concede a five, it was still good, we did well, it could have yeah. been a lot worse. You know, it's probably not going to breed that environment. Yet, to me, gratitude is, it really is the gateway to happiness. You know, it's not what's going on around you, it's your perception of it. Mm. Mm. You know, are you able to appreciate the things you have in life? And I can see that in sport, it's much more ambition, much less gratitude. And I, I, in the society, you're increasingly see, seeing it more gratitude and I don't know yet if we've got less ambition, but that's kind of the way I'm seeing it. It's a very similar situation as a, as a guy redecorating the kitchen and then his, his wife coming in, or vice versa, sexist, coming in and saying, oh, great, you've done the kitchen, now we do the haul. It's like, oh, just t- t- say thank you for doing Like, Let me enjoy the win of this this accomplishment first. And it's, yeah. it's a similar type of just piling on more and more things, isn't yeah. it? And where's know? the stop? We get on our deathbed and you've chased it the whole way and you go, go, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. We, we talk dangerous. a lot about the process and the journey. Mm. Ding, ding, ding. Two journeys. <laughs> um, we talk about the, the, the process being paradise. I talk about this. Paradise is in the moment and in the journey and in the, um, yeah, in the journey of, of whatever you're trying to succeed because the goalposts of, of where you need to be or want to be, all these things, they do change, you know. Like, weirdly, if I've, I've experienced it recently. Like, God, this podcast is it's perfect i love this like mm. i said flippantly earlier rubbish tv and stuff like that i don't necessarily mean that but there's a lot of politics and a lot of nonsense that is, that's attached to that world i take responsibility that's also a world that i deeply love and, and i take the rough with the smooth with it but things like this podcast is come from a loving place and it works mm. and it's easy to do and i could do this all day and mm. and it's things like relationships 
when it happens it just happens and it's easy and it's wonderful mm. and you find yourself in a loving place mm. and letting go and embracing the process sounds such a, th- a thing these days that people throw around but it's actually justified right of course can that work in sport though can you adopt that attitude it's not about the process that is it it's about because winning it's about winning it's results based and when you've won you've got to win the next one yeah yeah i think in the history of humanity you know significant people with ideas and passion and purpose can change the course of humanity and um it's it's going to take some special human beings really to change the face of sport um i think it can be done uh, i think we're in an age where these people are starting to pop up left right and center um but it, it needs people at the top with uh, with a different vision for sure it's the same as, gov- as governments you know sports exactly the same but sports yeah. not really going to work unless it's about winning is it you know let's be honest you know it, mm. lots of people play sports they want to win so is it just the case that if you're in that environment there's going to be some difficulties with your mindset i'm not sure because there are some like for example it's not something that i well well we never know but at the moment it's not something that i have a desire to do but let's say for example in six years time i was appointed as the performance director of i don't know come back to wales i don't know an come international on. team join a good team come on. Wow. team. I, I would um <laughs> you know approach things differently there would be a different approach to winning um who says that if you teach people to be present and more in the moment and um, in alignment with the values and establish core values around family that you can't win tournaments you know it's it's well that you're you're right that translates through government you know if we teach these values and we give people the tools to deal with life and to respect themselves to be kind to themselves to know who they are and what they want that's going to help everybody. It's mm. going to help their grades in school. It's going to help them go into work and find work and have a purpose, find a purpose. All these things are going to benefit everybody in the long run. Yeah. And I suppose it's not a short-term fix. It's a long-term fix. For sure. Do you see yourself going back into sport, provided that information, now going on your quest? Well, I'm already doing that. I, I work as a consultant. I work as a high-performance consultant for World Rugby, and but I'm already kind of infusing okay. belief systems in, into the teams that I'm, that I'm working with. The one value that is, is, in my opinion, correlated the most with winning is safety. Um, so if you can work with a, a team of individuals in sport or business, if you can create an environment where they feel incredibly safe around each other, and with that comes an openness to be vulnerable with each other, you've got a pretty... But that, a that's pretty determined, unstoppable team that are probably going to win. Mm. But this is interesting because my, my question before that was to lead on to this question, you know, uh, to go full time back into sport, not as a uh, strength and conditioning performance coach, but as a new role and a new um, revolutionary role in the world of world rugby as I don't know what you'd call it spiritual guru <laughs> but no well, I, you know what i mean that and there many it, spiritual guru roles going in rugby at the moment not, not at all there's, there's room <laughs> no but you know what i mean as yeah. a brand new role 
Yeah. And I think that's where it could change. That's where things could change. Because uh, psych- psychologists in sport, it happened in 2003, 2002. Mm. Mm. And, you know, um, Clive, Wood, what's his Greenwood? Woodward. Cli- I nearly got it. <laughs> Clive Woodward, the amazing English coach in 2003 that took uh, England to the World Cup final in Australia. They won. Um, he introduced psych- psychology and psychiatric help and performance and everything around the English team there. And it kind of revolutionised professional sport therefore mm. there the onwards after that is there a new revolution in the new in the future of, of world sports in the in the self-discovery in um looking inwards i think there will be because it's a state of um the shift that we're seeing in humanity at the moment you know there's of course there's always pluses and minuses of, of every um, aspect of humanity, social media is one, for example. On one hand, it's providing people with information, self-awareness, and on the other hand, it's kind of providing the wrong information. But we're definitely seeing, or in the work I do, I'm definitely seeing more and more men internalising, looking inwards, letting go of the old self, forgiving the past, becoming more present, creating a value that is more aligned with what the planet needs and what human beings need as a, as a collective. And, yeah, I think we will see more leaders in professional sport that can infuse um, this type of approach, for sure. It's fascinating. Wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't yeah. that be incredible yeah. if you could start bringing that in and you saw results from it and it could be a message to society, actually, this is working in We sport. could do this in we schools. Work. We can do this in schools. We can do this in the, in the office. We can do this for teams Business, throughout, yeah. everywhere. It's, it's, this is where we are this is where we are this mm. is our revolution with the with the mind as such mm. this is very early on you are probably one of the only guys that are doing male mental health based retreats in the country this is you know, this is revolutionary mm. we're very early stages of 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 getting to where we need to be and mm. it, i think this is a necessity after mm. just even discussing it here for yeah the way society is going and the way our brains are getting filled more and more and more with every day um there's a necessity there's a real need to retreat yeah you know we we need to retreat and come back to our connection with nature and our connection with ourselves and our heart and our, and our connection with each other and um yeah retreats in every shape and form are gonna become more popular yeah to support what is happening in in society yeah yeah, absolutely right. Um, now, before you go, we, we ask this question to all of our guests, don't we, Ben? It's been we lovely do. so far. And um, Ben's actually got a lovely way of presenting this to everybody as well. Um, uh, but what I um, want to ask you, Craig, is that um, let's go back in time to a period. Maybe let's go 10 years ago when you were still uh, coaching rugby. Um, and you just come back from that retreat and you were feeling uneasy with yourself because you felt as if you were being pulled in a different direction for the first time. If you could go back in time and have a chat with that young man, what would you say to him? That's an easy one. I would say, no matter what you choose to do with your life and how you choose to spend your time and what you focus on, you are good enough. Oh, that's good. He's very good. <laughs> He's very good. I, I want to say a huge thank you so much for sharing. That's 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 incredible to yeah. hear everything, isn't yeah. it, Ben? Oh, well, that's thank, just moved yeah, me a bit. Well, thank you for <laughs> the opportunity. It's uh, 
I feel like I'm with two friends and it's great to have these type of conversations. It really is great for me to talk like this because it it empties something, it frees something up on the inside and it helps me feel that, I, you know, I can, I can breathe again and I, I feel free and so it's really nice to talk about things like this. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, if you're listening out there and you do fancy going on one of Craig's retreats, where can they find out? Yes, so um, I run retreats three times a year. We have one space left on the November retreat. And um, if you want to find out about the retreat, you can go to uh, the website menwithoutmasks.com or you, um, you can go to the Facebook page Men Without Masks. Craig, thank you so much. Thanks, Craig. It's brilliant to have you. And actually, you know, I should say before we go, you know, I've, I've been, I, I did touch on it. I've been on this retreat and I loved it and it's, it's been massive for me. And that that ability, like we've just done now, for men to see when we're just open and you just share and you talk freely uh, is powerful. And doing it in, in an environment on a retreat where you sit around with strangers and three days later they are incredibly close to you. You're sharing things that you've never shared to anyone, your best friends. Uh, it's an amazing experience that men don't often do. And the opportunity for me in doing this podcast, sitting with people like Craig, having guests like that, to, to do this with you, Matt, have these conversations, you know, is, is amazing. And um, I'm grateful. Yeah. You know? Thank you, Ben. I'm grateful too. <laughs> We're all grateful. We're all bloody grateful. Thank you so much. Wow. Wow. That That is... That's something that will stick with me forever. He was just remarkable, wasn't he? It made me laugh. When he started speaking, you and I just sat sort of almost in trance for the, <laughs> yeah. for the first 15 minutes, just listening to every word. I've even heard it before, you know, and you, I probably knew what was coming yeah. next. But still, it's just the whole story is, is, is gripping. And, and his bravery in owning up that he was living a life that actually was ticking so many boxes. He yeah. was smashing it in so many ways. But he was like, it doesn't make me happy. And what counts most... I make myself happy. Yeah. I think what was very important for me was what we, 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 we talk about a lot, you and I, this is how we bonded. The role of a man these days, you know, how we value things, what's our purpose in life these days. And we, we touched on that, which is, you know, the, a huge thing with mental health awareness. You know, get into men, get it. And he's a, he's a man's man, isn't he? Come from the rugby world. And that's, that's what we're all about. And I hope so many of you out there are listening and, and you can take something from that because... Really, I did. I 100% did. He was, he was a wonderful guy. Completely. The value of, of purpose is huge. Oh. You know, and then hopefully that came across today. With and Craig. I think that's going to come back around as well. That's going to be a theme within our podcast that we're going to discuss what it is to be a man, what values as we are as human beings, male and female, uh, what, what, what do we want from life. And, and it's not too late to change that around and to take that chance. And it's going to be difficult, but pushing through and finding who you are is such an important thing. So thank you so much, Craig, for coming on. You're an absolute superstar. And if you enjoy that, please rate, review and subscribe. Go on to our Twitter and send us some fun stuff. I don't know what people do on Twitter these days, apart from being mean about Donald Trump. But you know, our Twitter handle is at TMP Podcast and our Instagram page is at The Naked Professors. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Ben, for bringing on a wonderful guest. Oh, uh, my pleasure. Craig, you're a legend. Thanks, everyone.